0: to another edition of Informal Major League Baseball Podcast. I'm your
1: host, Sam Lewis, here with Aaron Lewis. Lewis, how you doing? I'm right, pretty good, Lewis. it been a few weeks, kind of been having to scratch the itch talk a little baseball, but we're back, so that's all that matters. It has been a while.
0: Once again, real life has gotten in the way of uh, our true passion, which is Talking Baseball on the Informal Podcast. But if there's anything that can get us back together, it is a good trade deadline day. And what a day it was, Lewis. I spent my entire day at work, don't tell my boss this, refreshing Twitter, um, having Ken Rosenthal tweets sent directly
1: to my phone. The productivity was low today. Yeah, I'd say it was probably that way in a lot of offices because this had to be, in my opinion, one of the most active trade deadlines we've had in a while even if there wasn't, you know, a big guy kind of like Manny Machado was a couple of weeks ago, uh, there were still a lot of interesting moves around the league. It's a weird, is a weird deadline because the best
0: player was moved a couple of weeks ago and there were some huge names, I mean Bryce Harper being chief among them, mm-hmm. that were kind of floated. The rumor mill's been circling for the last few days um, and none of those guys got traded today, but there were still a ton of moves, a ton of good players got traded, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad. I'm glad we've got something to talk about. But um, what have you been up to the last few weeks, Listen, It's been a while since we've since we've been on here. What what have
1: uh, have have the last few weeks of your summer been? Man, doing my best to avoid the end of it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I do teach kids, and uh, I don't want to say unfortunately because I do enjoy my <laughs> job, but it is coming back soon. Coming back here in the next week, and I'm just doing my best to mentally prep myself. Now, you on the other hand, you've been the traveler of the group. Now, where have you been?
0: I have been three weekends in a row. We've been, um, traveling about the country. Um, the first two, you know, last weekend and the weekend before last was family stuff. This past weekend was, a um, more of a for fun type thing. We was able to go to Denver, got to go see the Rockies play yep. in person. Coors is beautiful. I was, I was going to say, how does
1: Coors compare to other ballparks? You've been Coors
0: to? is great. It's huge. Yep. It's huge. It, it almost reminds you of being in a football stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, we got tickets up on the rooftop because they were cheap Uh um and it was great i mean it's a great view it would have been nice to be able to see the mountains they got some i I guess wildfires going on where you couldn't see all the scenery um which you know thoughts and prayers to people that are actually being affected by that more than just not being able to see the mountains i realize that's not the uh uh, the most important thing in that situation but it was great had a good time um and despite, you know, the four hour delay on the flight, it was a good trip overall. But, can't, can't have a perfect vacation. Right. It couldn't, you know, it couldn't go perfectly. Um, but we're excited to get back, talk some baseball. So what we're gonna do on this episode, um, I've got the CBS trade tracker pulled up and we're just gonna go in chronological order, starting with the Manny Machado deal, because I don't think we, we haven't recorded. Not, any, no, we haven't not. recorded since the Machado deal. And then we're just gonna work our way forward and talk about um, the impactful trades, give our take. Uh, and you know maybe at the end we'll I don't know do some moving forward projections or something. Yeah, I don't, we'll, we'll see. I we'll mean this out. isn't a very structured thing, right? The the regular host Austin Coley who keeps the structure is not on this episode, so we're you know we're gonna just let it ride. So starting at the start Manny Machado the best player moved at the deadline was moved. It seemed kind of like during the All Star game mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah, he, right around but It was technically announced right after the All Star game. So. Manny Machado was traded from the Orioles to the Dodgers for five prospects, the chief among them being Yusniel Diaz, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of other guys that I had never heard of. So give me a quick instant
1: reaction takeaway about the Manny Machado deal. I mean, the good news about you know us talking about this trade is that we've had about a week or two to actually watch Manny Machado now play with sure. the Dodgers. And, I mean, obviously he's not been blowing the doors off there in L.A., but and he's been as good, at, as good as advertised. We got to see him play the Braves uh, in a series that, unfortunately, we oh, did yeah, not do too well. That in. didn't go great for us. No, but I mean, Manny Machado, if you are the Dodgers and you are looking to make up that ground, which, I mean, have they, have they already done that? Are they in the lead in the division yet?
0: I uh, just pulled it up there. Have a half-game lead half on game the Half-game lead. So, yeah, they've already
1: made up the difference. They're in the lead now. Uh, Manny Machado, I think, is going to be the difference for them between being one of those card teams, having to play just the one-game crapshoot, and being guaranteed a five-game playoff, which, uh, luckily, I think the Dodgers will be able to get into.
0: Yeah, I think I've, we said at the beginning of the year that the Dodgers were the favorites in this division. I think we said at our midseason update that we still both had the Dodgers win in that division, yeah, even though they, I don't think they had passed the Diamondbacks at that point. They were still 3-4 out, four, four I think. But the Dodgers are the best team in this division. They have probably the best front office. They have the most money. I mean, this is a move that I think a lot of people saw coming from a, while, from, you know, a long way away. And he's a perfect fit for them. And I don't know if they're going to want to try to sign him long-term with um, – they got Corey Seager there, who's probably one of the few shortstops in the league who's better yeah. than Manny Machado. Um, but it's just the perfect fit. Seager goes down, and, you, you know, it's it's a disaster. And what does this team do? They go out and they get the best guy on the yeah. market. Um, and I think whether or not they can win the World Series is going to come down to how good and how healthy Clayton Kershaw is. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think they're obviously the favorites in this division, and it was a power move. And uh, crush my pipe dream of Manny Machado coming to the Braves. Well,
1: and we'll talk a couple pipe dreams we had about the Braves coming up here. Oh yeah, we'll really get to like the good. Braves. Now, fear l- not. Yeah, speaking of Manny Machado though, uh, he's playing third base at the moment. Is Justin Turner still getting healthy? Yes,
0: okay. he's he's out. I'm not sure the timetable, but okay. I think it's it's weeks, not days. Oh, okay, that's not good. Um, which I I think that's a power move too by the Dodgers trading for Manny Machado, telling me he's going to play shortstop. Letting him play shortstop for two days and then yep. moving directly to third base where he belongs. Which, yeah,
1: exactly. He's a lot better at third base for sure.
0: He is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cut and dry deal. It's a good deal. A great team yeah. got even better. And um, they
1: gave up prospects, but nothing groundbreaking.
0: That was kind of the one of the bigger surprises to me is what they had to give up. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not prospect guys. And from what I've heard, Diaz is, you know, a solid guy. He was a top 100 guy, mm-hmm. but he's not considered to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. Um and the Orioles, they got five prospects back. I guess they're going for, for what's what's the phrase, quantity over quality. I guess, yeah. But I really, I was really expecting to for them to pull in, you know, like a top ten sure. overall type guy, and they didn't do that. So um, maybe we can talk about the Orioles towards the end and kind of take all their trades. That's fine. Yeah, we do that. And try to try to do it that way. But I guess while we're talking about the Dodgers, we'll go ahead and talk about a couple of deals they made today. I think one specific deal they landed Brian Dozier. They did. Yep. Um, the FanGraphs headline was the Dodgers trade subpar Logan Forsythe for mm-hmm. less subpar Brian Dozier. Yep. Um, what do you think about that? I think that
1: uh, I mean Dozier seemed pretty solid. I was kind of hoping the Braves would get him too. Yeah, it's kind of one of those cases where over the past couple of years, I mean, Brian Dozier has been if not the best second baseman in the American League because of Jose Altuve, he's been top two or three pretty much every year. You know, if he's not throwing the MVP numbers, he's still hitting. 30, 35 home runs every year. Now this year, kind of as Fangraphs alluded to, he's not been totally himself. He's been uh, really just kind of around league average. Unfortunately, now he's still at sixteen home runs. He's still a hit for pretty good power, but of course the average being two twenty-four, the on base being you know down uh, three hundred five. Definitely not prime offensive Dozier. Even if the glove is still kind of hanging around,
0: he's a he's a middle infielder who is you know a solid defender. I guess you would say he's not great, but he's average there. Um, who hits for a ton of power, uh, and the power is way down. I mean, just when you look at the slugging percentage, mm-hmm. the on base is way down. His numbers across the board are bad. Offensively, mm-hmm. ugly. It's it's ugly. Um, but I mean, his his K rates right in line with what it has been. His BABIP mm-hmm. is you know I think 50 points below what he's usually at. So I guess there's some bad luck happening there, and if. If I know anything, when he gets to the Dodgers, he's going to turn it back on and be an all-star. Oh, he'll start raking, absolutely. I mean, how easy must it be to be a Dodgers fan? It's like you have the slightest hole, and they yep. just go out and get the best possible solution. Mm-hmm. I Moving on. I'm going to get frustrated. Moving on. The next big trade that happened chronologically after the Machado deal was the Indians mm-hmm. trading for the majority of the San Diego Padres bullpen. Yep. They landed Brad Hand and Adam Simber for... Uh, catching prospect Francisco Mejia, if I could speak. Francisco uh-huh. Mejia, that's a fun name to say. At first, I thought it was Mejia, but yeah, you're on the Jays. I, th- that's I think so, it's Mejia. Right? Bring on Mejia. Um, Indians who had one of the best bullpens in the league last mm-hmm. year, one of the best bullpens of all time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, really struggling this year in that department. Yep. Go out and get two really good relievers.
1: Yeah, I mean, with Andrew Miller being hurt all year, they're not all year, but most all year. Uh, There's been a need for that, and really with Cody Allen not pitching up to his previous uh, expectations. And losing Brian Shaw, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They had to make a move, definitely. And, I mean, the price for two relievers being your number one prospect seems a little high, but uh, I guess at the end of the day you've got Brad Hand locked up for a couple of years, and uh, you you don't want to count on relievers for too long, but Brad Hand has looked Extremely solid this year. And Simber, I've not got to see a ton of But from the times, I've seen him pitch against the Braves, and he seems a capable arm there out of the pen every couple days. So, no, I think the Indians probably made a pretty good move there because, I mean, Mejia could end up being a star for the Padres, but uh, who knows about that in the future?
0: This one kind of surprised me. It's like the opposite of the Manny Machado return. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you take Mejia and the five guys that – the, or that the Orioles got, Mejia is clearly the best prospect oh, among all of them. So to me, I guess my strategy as a general manager would be to get the get prospects who can be impact players, who can be all-star caliber players. Mm-hmm. And I think Mejia was a top 15 overall prospect there, in the yeah. league. I think I heard uh, Keith Law say he had him in his top five. Uh-huh. Um, to me, I don't I don't love this deal for the Indians because like you said, bullpen arms... Are Finicky at best. Sure. Uh, and while Brad Hand has been one of the best in the league for two or three years now, um, he's probably the one of the better bets you could get as far as a bullpen arm. He's still a bullpen arm. You know, mm-hmm. we saw what happened to Zach Britton. He was dominant for two years True. and then completely fell off a cliff, got hurt, and, and, you know, it wasn't the same. So I think it's a high price to pay, but when you're in the Indians' spot, I guess they – that's their big weakness and they want to sure it up and go win a World Series. And if you want a World Series, just look, ask the Cubs, you know, they it really won, doesn't matter. Yeah. They way overpaid for Rawlis Chapman a couple of years ago and they won a
1: World Series, so Yeah, uh, I'd say the Indians are probably kinda of under the spotlight right now, you know, being making these deep runs the past couple of years but not pulling it out. Uh, and I don't know what their you know, salary situation is looking like. I know they've got Jose Ramirez locked up for a while, but with guys like Lindor, uh, who knows when they've got to pay those guys. So
0: I think I think Ramirez and Lindor are both under contract for I think it's the next four years. Okay. Under, you know, a reasonable rate. And those two guys might be the two best players in the league yeah. this side of Mike Trout. Yeah. Um, they've got an incredible young core. Trevor Bauer, Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm. They, we, I mean, we know about their pitching staff. Um, so I mean, I guess it's an all in move. You know, yeah. they're they're gonna make they're gonna win the division. That division's terrible. And what do you need in the playoffs? You need a solid bullpen. Yeah. We learned last year that oh, yeah. they're you know, a handful of starting pitchers who can really make an impact in the playoffs. Most of them, you're just hoping to get five solid innings out of them and turn it over to a bullpen. So, in that sense, it I guess it's a good trade, but mm-hmm. that's a heavy price to pay. I feel like Mejia's got the got the potential to be a legitimate impact catcher, and those don't come around all the time.
1: And good for the Padres finding them one, hopefully.
0: Yep. Finally. Yep. Good for them. <laughs> good for them. The next trade. Uh, that we're going to talk about, is a little bit of a step down, I guess, but it would be the Athletics, mm-hmm. who have been on a tear the last they few have. weeks, by the way, trading for Mets relief pitcher Jihuris. Jehuris? I have Uri's. Yep, Uri's? I, I, Familia. <laughs> yep, That's how I know Familia. Yep. One of these days, one of these trades, we're going to get to a name I can pronounce. Yuris Familia, uh, who has been the Mets closer for the past few years, having a little bit of a down year, but still a solid guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the A's add him to what was one of the best bullpens in the league already to go with Blake Trinan um, and I, what is it? Uh, it's a, Trevino? Yes, Trevino. Trevino. Speaking of fantasy. They, they've got uh, one of the best bullpen duos in the league already, and they add Familia to that lineup. What do you think about this one?
1: Now, first of all, good for the A's actually going out and buying for once because, I mean, when you, when you I think they're at 60 wins here at the moment, and when you get that far uh, this late in the season, it's time to make a run. You know, I don't care how – major market, uh, small market you are, you've got to try and make a run, so good for them because we're used to kind of them selling in sure. the past, and now you get a guy like Familia, who once again, like you said, you can add to the guys, uh, like Train and like Trevino, and uh, now, kind of like we just mentioned with the Indians, once you get to the playoffs, if you get to the playoffs, you just need that five or six innings from your starters, you don't need guys pitching complete games, you just need them to give you a chance, which I mean, the A's don't have a ton of big impact starters that are gonna no, give them completely... Tre- Trevor Cahill is not no, uh, Lord, not no. holding it down for you in a playoff series. We
0: said on the, um, the halfway point podcast, I guess you'd call it, mm-hmm. the halfway point of the season when we gave our updated predictions, at least I said, I don't know if you said, I said that the A's are going to catch the Mariners for the second wild card. Um, and I think around that time the A's just went on a tear, and now they're only two games back of the Mariners mm-hmm. who are collapsing and not that good. So I love this trade from the A's point of view. I mean, I don't know, I think they got... William Toffey, the guy from Vanderbilt who's a good is he? oh, yeah, he's third baseman from Vanderbilt, he's a good player, and then a relief pitcher prospect. So okay. as far as I'm concerned, they didn't really have to give up much. Nah. And their best case scenario is to get into a one game playoff with likely the Yankees. Yep. And you're probably gonna be running, you know, Sean Maniah up against Luis Severino, which yeah. is advantage Yankees. It's advantage <laughs> Yankees. So you're gonna need all the bullpen help you can get, um, and I, I've heard this from a lot of guys, uh, in reference to a lot of different teams this mm-hmm. year. That there wasn't a ton of starting pitching, impact starting pitching, on the market. Which I don't know if I buy that, but I've heard more than one analyst say that. And like the Yankees, for instance, the A's, um, a couple other teams decided instead to bolster their bullpen, yep. um, which is as a valid strategy. But when, I mean, when you've got guys like Chris Archer and Gosman and. Um, I'm blanking on the other – who's the other big guy that got dealt? Well, I guess I'm thinking of Matt Harvey. He didn't yeah. end up getting traded. But there was some starting pitchers on the market. But instead of paying those high premiums, you get a guy like Familia for cheap. And I think um, <laughs> if they do make that one-game playoff, you better hope he pitches a good inning or two. Maybe do like the Rays do and just throw him out
1: first inning. Sure, why not? Early. I mean, so let's do it. If
0: anybody was going to do it, it would be the A's. Billy Bean, I mean, absolutely. Billy Bean would do it. And speaking mm-hmm. of Billy Bean, I – You said that the A's often sell and they do. The Mm -hmm. last time they bought was the year they traded for uh, John Lester and Samarja. I forgot about that. Addison Addison Russell for John Lester and Samarja, and then they lost the one game playoff Uh, to the Royals. That did not work out at all. But in that vein, I was kind of, when the Bryce Harper rumor started Mm -hmm. late last night into this morning, I was kind of expecting the A's to be a player there. Because that just seems like a Billy being kind of trade to me. He comes out of nowhere, uh-huh. makes a huge deal. Like when he traded for Lester that year, or when he traded Joanna Cespedes for—was it Cespedes for John Lester? That might be it. That, I, that, I sound like an idiot. I think he traded Cespedes for John Lester and Addison Russell to the Cubs for Samarja and okay. Jason Hamill maybe. maybe. What, whatever. My point is that Billy Bean will make a big trade. Yep. So I was kind of expecting Bryce Harper to go there but Bryce Harper didn't end up getting traded. Do you? Do we want to save that for the end or do you just want to talk about it now? I mean, we can get rid of it. Let's get Bryce Harper out of the way. We've I'm, already started it. Yeah. Bryce Harper... Was put on the market last night and then swiftly taken off this morning. We were so close to right. finally having you know the blockbuster trade to define the year. Such a tease. It was. I, you know, I, I spent last night going through every team in the league trying mm-hmm. to decide if Bryce Harper made sense for him. And then we wake up this morning, you know, you get Buster Olney and some other guys saying Bryce Harper almost certainly getting <laughs> traded today. And then yep. by 9 o'clock, they're... Nationals GM has come out and said he's
1: not yeah. on the market. So, I mean, it's, it's like the owners kind of stepped in there and said this isn't, you know, something we want to do, which I mean, makes me think, you know, what's the Nationals' plan? Do they, do they have a plan? I don't know. Because, they're not making like the playoffs, I, I don't think. I mean, I'm not like we kind of petered around with them for a while around the midway point, around the, the All Star break. Oh, the Brazen players are young, they can blow it. But at this point, you know, the Nationals are a game, I think, uh, out, out of uh, 500. They're they're just I don't see them doing it.
0: But when you're below 500 or right at 500, mm-hmm. whatever it is, at this point in the season, where two thirds or more through yeah. the season, they're definitely. I'm gonna pull up their fan Fangraphs odds right now. I'm yeah. still I still will not say.
1: Yeah, I've got the league standings pulled up. They're five and a half back, which is not insurmountable. But you know, you got two teams ahead of them who are just playing far better. I don't know, I don't know. I'm not big on the Nationals.
0: I still. I mean, this might be dumb, but I still... If you made me pick today, I would still take the Nationals to win that division. Oh, I can't do it anymore. And maybe it's just me trying to reverse Jinx the Braves into it. Uh But I think the Nats still have the best talent. And I think they're going to figure it out. And it sounded for a minute there this morning like they were going to try to trade Bryce Harper Mm -hmm. and then turn around and also trade for JT Rio Muto. In kind of like the 2004 Red Sox, it's making better, yeah. 2004 Red Sox dumped Nomar Garcia para Uh and ended up winning the World Series. Which, if they would have done that, I think I would have liked their chances more. But I don't know what they're doing because they got a good young core. You know, they've got Strasburg and Scherzer locked up for a long time. They could sell this year and still be competitive next year. Instead, it looks like they're going to lose Bryce Harper
1: for nothing. For nothing. nothing. I mean. I don't want to assume they're going to lose him just because money talks and the Nationals, if they want to pay the money, yeah, they can spend up there with teams like L.A. and Boston and New York. You know, their they ownership doesn't want to, but uh, watching this team just makes me sick. They Even as a non-fan, it makes me sick. As a Braves fan, I, um,
0: <laughs> I love the fact that they're kind of a tire fire, yeah. and they're always a tire fire, yeah. and it gives me confidence that when the Braves are finally ready to step up and compete long term, mm-hmm. that... I don't, I'm, I don't worry about the Nationals. I'm no. more worried about the Phillies than the Nationals. But, I mean, they still, they've still they got so much talent, man. If yeah. they could just get it together. The, the fact that they have not even won a playoff series <laughs> at this point with those guys <laughs> they got on the roster is just, yep. it's a travesty. And I don't know how all their front office is still employed. No. I really don't. Okay, moving on. So the next block of trades that I want to talk about. Some of these trades here, well, most of these trades that we're going to talk about next are not Impactful enough to get their own section of the podcast, but what we're going to do is we're going to drop them all into one and mm-hmm. just pick out a couple to talk about. So these, most of these are relief pitchers. Um, they got moved. I think I might have a couple of starters on this list, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through these and you holler at me mm-hmm. when you hear one that you want to talk about. So some of these ones I've got here are Zach Britton to the Nat or mm-hmm. to the Nat, to the Yankees, excuse me, Nate Ivaldi to the Red Sox, uh, the Braves landed Johnny Venters, Brad Brock. Uh, Oh went to the Rockies, Joaquin Soria to the Brewers, the Mariners got Zach Duke and Adam Warren, uh, Keone Kayla went to the Pirates, mm-hmm. and then the Diamondbacks got Brad Ziegler and Deekman. So, most of these are bullpen yep. bolstering moves. Bullpen bolstering that's yep. a, that was a tough choice of words <laughs> there. Um, but what do you think? Which one of these jumps out at you? Who do you like? Who do you
1: not like? What are well, some thoughts? the one big name that popped out to me there was actually not one of the relievers. It'd be a Nate Evaldi to the Red Sox. Yeah. Because I like how as soon as... Um, well, I, I can't remember the exact order, but... In the span of about twenty-four hours, we have got Evaldi going to the Red Sox and Jay Happ going from the Blue Jays to the Yankees. Yeah, throw so, Jay Happ in here too. We'll, yeah, absolutely, we'll,
0: we'll lump him in. Jay Happ went to the Yankees. Yeah, well. so I mean,
1: I, I like seeing the, the kind of arms race between the Yankees and the Red Sox because I think last I looked at the standings, the Yankees are five and a half out, which uh, is a pretty decent little chunk uh, change to make up. But you know, the Yankees they got the arms, they got the talent, in the lineup. Once Aaron Judge gets back, we'll see kind of what the Prognosis is there, but no. I like seeing these uh, two rivals competing with each other. And then, I mean, once again, wasn't on the list, but the Yankees went out today and got Lance Lynn, who or not, not even yesterday, and Lance Lynn definitely not enjoying as much success as had or <laughs> all this year. But uh, I like seeing them compete. That's for sure. The the
0: Yankees had kind of a an interesting deadline for me because mm-hmm. they got Lance Lynn, um, and I don't I don't remember the order, but they traded Adam Warren yep. to. The Mariners just basically for cash for international yep. money. That was and then odd. and then immediately got Lance Lynn yep. who just to take Adam Warren's spot. So I guess they traded Adam Warren for basically for Lance Lynn and international mm-hmm. money, which I thought was an interesting move. Uh, it sounds like Lance Lynn is gonna go into the bullpen. And then they got Jay Happ, who's he's having a pretty good year. He's I all, like Jay have yeah. He,
1: he, he was an all star, he's been a solid player. Yeah. And I mean, he, he's not a guy who's gonna go out there and, you know, plow you every five days, but I mean he's gonna be a pretty uh, what's the wrong thing for? A pretty consistent five or six inning guy every time he goes out. Right. He's solid. He's solid. He could start a playoff game for you and Mm -hmm. you wouldn't feel bad about it. Absolutely.
0: And they added Zach Britton who is now it looks like probably their fifth or sixth best relief pitcher. Yeah, Which is insane. I mean, Chapman, Batances, Robertson, Green, Zach Britton, you got Holder who's come out of nowhere. Yep. AJ Cole is having a great year. Tommy Canely's still in that bullpen. It, this might be the best
1: bullpen of all time. It's a, I mean, it's up there. I mean, the Indians the last couple of years, like you, like you mentioned a while ago, are in that contention. But no, the Yankees once they get the fifth or sixth inning, which is all they need, they should be fine.
0: It really, like they've got they've got Severino, who's who's an ace. Yep. And they'll probably you know they'll want to get six or seven innings out of him. But the rest of these guys, like Jay Happ, if he can give you four solid innings, yep. you got a really good chance to win that game. I really like what the Yankees did. Um... But at the same time, they're six games behind the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox are, right now, they're 42 games over 500. Good lord. Which is insane at this point of the season 75 and 33. They're having one of the best years that we've seen in a long time. I think they're on pace to win like 112 games or something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a really fun race to watch because one of those two teams is going to have to play either the A's or the Mariners in a one game playoff. And that's that's gonna make someone mad. I can already tell that you that is much. gonna if the A's. I think it's gonna be the A's. But if the A's are the Mariners, either one win that game. Yep. of uh, the outrage over the one game playoff. It's gonna. Oh, be, I'm already excited about it. I can't it. wait for it. We're gonna have a three game playoff series for the wild card next year. Oh. God. <laughs> um, moving. I mean, the, I, I'm looking at this list that I randomly put together. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what the Mariners did too because they they didn't want to go out and get one of the starters, they probably didn't have the prospect capital to get one of the impact guys. Mm-hmm. So they add they had Zach Duke and Adam Warren, who are two solid bullpen options yep. to add to what's already a really good bullpen and I really like this specifically because Edwin Diaz's arm is going to fall off. <laughs> I mean, like 40 saves in a, before August. What he, what's he on pace for? Like 85 appearances or something? Oh, real, something, something insane. Something ridiculous. And he's been unreal. I yeah. mean, he's been unbelievable. He's one of the best closers in the league. Yeah. But they had to get some reinforcements in there. So I like what they did. And then I don't love – let's go ahead and talk Braves. Okay. We'll talk some Braves here. I don't love what the Braves did, but I like what the Braves did. Sure. To improve the bullpen, you get Johnny Venters. Who bless my soul, I love me some Johnny Venters. Yes. Oh, when that came through, that's just a heart warmer right there. And then now, Brad and Brock,
1: with Venters, you're not hoping he's going to be, of course, the lights like he used to be, but you just want him to be capable. If he can be better than Sam Freeman, I'm all that's for it, Lewis. Please that's God. all I want. And Please anybody God. can be better than Sam Freeman. Yeah. Which
0: you know, R.I.P. Sam Freeman and his inflated ERA that got him on the DL. Yeah. You know that's tough. I hope he gets well soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the The main thing I wanted out of the bullpen out of bullpen moves from Alex Anthopoulos, the Braves general manager, is you've got to improve Sam Freeman and Peter Moylan. Yep. And he did that. Um, Brad Brock and Johnny Venters aren't studs, mm-hmm. but we also got him for basically free.
1: Also, Darren O'Day is part of the... Darren Dave O'Day, I
0: think is currently on the disabled list, but he, sh- he should be back maybe by September 1. Okay, I was wondering uh, why about him. Yeah, he was kind of a throw-in. That was a weird... I mean, we can talk about that in a few minutes. That was kind of a weird... Um, I guess throw into that deal uh-huh. uh, because he's owed a lot of money for next year and he's currently on the disabled list. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what the deal was with that, but we saw Brock last night yep. had, you know, threw a good inning, pitch fine, fine. as long as Johnny Venters is used in a primarily against left handers uh-huh. role, I think, I think he'll, he'll be okay. I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, are there any other of these relief pitcher type, you know, lower level trades that you want to talk about before we, jump back into some of the bigger-named guys.
1: No, I mean, all I'll, I'll throw in there is, kind of like you mentioned, all I like what the Mariners are doing, partially because we've alluded all year... Uh, the Mariners have never seemed to have much of a plan, whether they want to like blow it up, build it for the future, compete right now. So I think this is just kind of you know an acknowledgement of the Mariners are all in on this year.
0: They also had a Cameron Maven. They did. it.
1: Cameron Maven. You know, I've had my criticisms of him in the past, being kind of overrated, but he's going to be a capable outfielder for them. So no, I, I, I like what the Mariners.
0: He's did. a solid player. I would have. Uh I think I've said this about 15 times so far on this podcast, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have hated the Braves trading for Cameron Maven. Nah, as, a, yeah. as a fourth outfielder type, he yeah. plays a good center field. You know, He, he can hit a home run. You know, Absolutely. He's a good base runner. He's a solid guy. Um, so the Mariners are doing their best to stave off the predicted by myself collapse. It's coming, it's coming anyway, but mm-hmm. I applaud you for going all in <laughs> to try to get yep. into that one-game playoff. Before we uh, move on, Lewis, we, I think we probably do have to talk about the Astros and the Blue Jays trade from yesterday. Okay. Um, the Astros and the Blue Jays traded uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, damaged goods, I guess. They swapped yeah, you know, They really? swapped headaches. Um, the Astros trade for Roberto Azuna from the Blue Jays, um, mm. young stud closer. They give up Ken Giles and some prospects, but yep. that's not – that's not the story. So, Ken Giles had a huge falling out with the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly cussed out his manager on the field, <laughs> potentially. Yep. Was demoted to the minor leagues. He's a guy who has been dominant for a lot of his career, mm-hmm. but kind of imploded in the playoffs. Yep. Then you got Roberto Azuna on the other side, who is currently serving a 75-game suspension uh, for domestic abuse. That's about so, over, right? Uh, he's I think he's due to come off the suspended list next week. Okay. Um, so, that's kind of a hairy situation. Um, we don't have to spend a bunch of time on it. A lot
1: of people are talking about this. But what's, what's your quick takeaway from this one? I mean, it was just one of those moves where, I mean, for, in, in Giles' case, it was just welcome because he's not pitched great this year for the Astros, but he's, in my opinion, not pitched bad enough to get sent down for the minors. I mean, that was obviously, you know. That was a
0: personality thing. It definitely
1: of. was. I mean, he needed a change of scenery. Asuna, you know. Legal matters aside, I don't want to comment too much on that, but uh, he probably as well needed something different just because, one, between that, you had the anxiety issues he experienced last year and missing time for. Yep. I think that's just two guys that needed out of this, their situations, which good for them for getting out of it. We'll see if it affects uh, the Astros much in terms of uh, the postseason run. Because, I, I mean, I see what's going to play when, once the suspension's up, right? If you trade for this guy, you might yeah. as
0: well – you know, put him in your bullpen. He's probably yeah. going to be their closer from day one, I would imagine. And it's kind of a hairy situation because uh, uh, specifically Justin Verlander and I think a couple of their other guys came out with some pretty yeah. um, public stances as far as the domestic violence issue goes
1: last year. So, yeah. I, I, And I know the um, suspension's out Is his whole, like, legal process done? I, I mean, think. Okay. I could be wrong, but I think he's got a hearing in the okay. next couple of
0: days where he could potentially get some, like, extra punishment that could be awkward. off that could of be this, awkward. which yeah, – you know, we don't know what happened. I, yeah, don't, I don't want to comment on to whether you know guilt versus innocence. I don't know about all that. This is a calculated risk by the Astros, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, on a lot of different levels. Yep. Um, but if Ozuna is, I want to say healthy. That's not the right word. If he Table is, climb. if he is a, able to play on the field, he's he's an upgrade over Giles because oh, they yeah. couldn't count on Giles. Yep. Um, I think this is a great buy low for the Blue Jays. It's a fantastic trade for them. It sounded like they were they were out on Ozuna. They were not. They were getting rid of him regardless. And to get back a guy like Giles and a couple of pretty decent prospects too Mm -hmm. um, is a masterstroke, I think. Great trade by the Blue Jays. Absolutely. Um, So, moving on. I'm looking through the list here, looking for the next trade that we need to talk about. This is great podcasting. (laughs) Can I get some some music here, elevator music, anybody? You know what? We'll just go to the trade that I know the most about. We'll go to the Braves, the big trade they made yesterday. Yep. Last night, after the game, traded for Adam Duvall from the Cincinnati Reds um, for, um, I guess, two prospects who've lost their shine a little Mm -hmm. bit in Matt Whistler and Lucas Sims. Yep. and Preston Tucker, our I guess fifth, sixth outfielder. R.I.P. I like R.I.P. Preston Tucker. He had a really strong April. I mean, he <laughs> was playing really well before the Braves
1: called up Ronald Acuna. He uh, probably led the league in f bombs dropped after infield pop ups. But taking the mantle from Brian McCann <laughs> yeah. in that respect, yeah. I mean, you got
0: to have a lefty who's not afraid to scream ex- expletives. I guess um, I couldn't believe that the Braves were able to get off of Lucas Sims and Matt Whistler all in one swing. I mean, yeah, we've been trying to dump man. those guys for a couple of years. Those
1: are two guys, especially Whistler. I want him to be good so badly after his rookie year where he showed a little bit of promise. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he's just never going to strike guys out, never going to stop walking guys. It, gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah, I just I, I don't ever see him being a big-time player in this league. Now, Sims, on the other hand, I think has a little bit of potential because he's not had too much exposure to the Major Leagues just yet. Now, in the little time he has, he's not looked very good at all. But uh, maybe he'll, he'll do something for the Reds. I don't know. I
0: think Lucas Sims is a guy who, like you said during the last trade we talked about, he needs a change of scenery. Yeah, I don't think the Braves have handled really either one of those two guys very well, mm-hmm. but specifically Sims. I mean, Sims was the Braves... One of the Braves' top prospects. Yep. Um, last year, the year before, he's he's been around a while, uh, but he's still relatively young.
1: 24, yeah.
0: 24, I mean, he's he's not a baby by any means, but he's still relatively young. He's pretty fresh as far as experience goes. He hasn't got a ton, and it just seemed like the Braves would call him up, let him sit in the bullpen for eight or ten days, yep. then throw him into a blowout, let him get rocked, and yep. send him back to AAA. Yeah. And kind of like they're doing with Gohara right They've now. done the same thing with Gohara. It's they've, infuriating. They've done the same thing with Whistler. I don't think that's a... And, you know, the Braves are in the middle of a pennant race, right? Yep. So you've got to do what you can to win. Yep. And that's not the best environment for these young guys to just get thrown out there and let them get their take their lumps. Like the Braves did with Fulton last year and the year mm-hmm. before. You know, he wasn't very good, but they just said, go ahead. You know, yep. we're not going to win anything. Go for it. And I think that's what the Reds can do with both of these guys. And I don't love either one of them in Great American Ballpark. Considering oh, they, they both tend to give up the long ball. Yeah. Um,
1: oh wow, well, I, I feel so bad for Matt Whistler. He's about to get yeah, Matt just Whistler, rock. man. i I've,
0: I've got I'm more optimistic about Sims. I yeah. think if you just give Sims, if they just let him start every five days for the rest of the year, there's a 25% chance you've got a major league starting yep. pitcher at the end of that.
1: Matt Whistler, on the other hand, probably not. Yeah. Um, but. From the Braves' perspective, what do you think about Adam Duvall? I mean, my first reaction to this is I guess this is pretty much the vote of no confidence in Andrew Ciarte, who I love to death, and is probably one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. Uh, if the plan is to platoon those two and let Duvall batting against lefties, is that right? So, yeah, Mark Bowman, MOB.com um, reporter, uh-huh.
0: came out last night right after the trade and said that Alex Anthopoulos had said that Duvall will play primarily against lefties in – at the expense of Ender NCRT.
1: Yeah, that that's not a, quite a benching necessarily. I mean, NCRT is still going to play very heavily into the pen, uh, hopeful pennant run, but uh, you know, Duval's going to take some at bats away from him. That's for sure. And and luckily, I mean, Duval is good enough in the outfield, I think, to where it's not going to affect us too badly. A lot better than I thought he was. Yes, yeah, Just... seeing Acuna in center field both worries and excites me because it, <laughs> it's his natural position, but. Uh, his instincts in the left field have, I think, left some, something to be desired. He, but, no, he's yeah.
0: a he's an uber athlete. Uh, Acuna, I'm speaking of, yeah. runs down a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, he'll make some some mental errors yeah. out there. He definitely will. Um, but I think long term, he's your center fielder, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I kind of like this move. Well, I like it a lot. Um, just from the standpoint that Preston Tucker was not getting the job done as a fourth outfielder. Mm-hmm. We don't have another fourth outfielder other than Charlie Culberson, who's been great to this point, but he's not a guy that I feel good about coming off the bench no. as a pinch hitter. So if Adam Duvall is <laughs> purely fourth outfielder, pinch hitter late in the game, I think it's a good move mm-hmm. for what you gave up. You didn't really give up a whole lot. You gave up two guys who were not in the long-term plans.
1: Yeah, this trade, I, I do not think was most important for the Braves. This at all. We'll get the to the Braves most important trade right yeah. after this. Um, but I kind of like what they're
0: going to do. I like the plan going forward of platooning Duvall and NCRT and I like that Anthopolis came out right after the trade and said, this is what's going to happen. Yep. We talked about it off mic a little earlier, that neither one of us trusts Brian Snicker to, to execute a platoon or at all.
1: Shoes or properly.
0: <laughs> or, you know, dial the correct number to get the bullpen phone. Yeah. Um, I would love to eat dinner with him. Seems like a great guy. <laughs> I'm sure he's a fine dude. Fine guy. Really, you know admirable third base coach Yep. you know really good double-a manager Yep.
1: uh not a great tactician by any means and so, is an inspiration is all in the way that if you stick around at your job long enough <laughs> and don't get fired you'll make it eventually
0: you yep. will get promoted
1: to the top that's job right.
0: just hang around for 40 years and eventually <laughs> they'll say let's give it to this guy that's right shout out to him no hard feelings for brian snicker outside of the fact yep. that i don't think he's very good yep but I love that Anthopolis just came out and took the power away from Snicker mm-hmm. in this situation and said, this is what we're going to do. This is why we brought this guy in, and this is what he's going to do. And yeah. I hope they stick to it, because I think it's an upgrade.
1: Yeah, and if, if nothing else, maybe lots of power under NCRT. We'll see.
0: And is kind of coming around. Yeah. But even in last year, when he a year that he had 200 hits and hit over 300, I think he hit over 300, right around 300, Yeah. he still is not very good against left-handed pitching. No, I so, you know... I, you know like you said, Duvall's a good def- good defensive player. You're not going to take a huge hit defensively as long as Acuna can handle center field. Mm. I think it's a good move. But the really big move that the Braves made was uh, about 15 minutes before the deadline yep. trading with the Orioles for Kevin Gaussman. Yep. Um, we kind of had a tease. Kind of had a really <laughs> uh, huge tease. thought we were going to get Chris Archer... We've kind of been teased about Chris Archer for like the last three yeah, years. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done
1: forever on Chris Archer. As
0: Braves fans, yep. I've been holding out hope. He's been rumored linked to the Braves for a he's, long time. He's the new John even to me. That's an interesting comparison you yeah. make. I might I might be able to, <laughs> to round that off for you in a minute. But Archer went to the Pirates. The Braves got Gosman. What do you think about this one?
1: I mean, it's one of those deals. I mean, I know as Braves fans, we won Chris Archer. We wanted that frontline starter who we could go into a wild-card game or we could throw in game one of the series and be really confident in him. But, obviously, I think the front office values our top ten prospects a lot more than that, uh, which I, I really don't blame him. I mean, I, I don't want to give up a guy like Austin Riley or a, you know a Kyle Wright, something like that. Right. But with Gosselin, I mean, what you get is exactly what you expect. You're going to get five or six things every time. You're going to get an ERA probably around four, I would say. I mean, I think it's about four, three, three right now, which is around the league average. Uh, but, I mean, the good news about him is, As far as I know, he's under team control, I think, through 2020. So after this year. Two years after this one. Two years after this one, that's correct. Yep. And um, he's he's only 27. I mean, he's hitting his prime right now. I'm not expecting him to go out this year or next year and be a Cy Young contender or anything. But, I mean, if he can be a two or three war guy, um, I'm more than okay with that. As of
0: right now, he's been, I think, more valuable than Chris Archer in terms of war. Yeah, yeah. He's pitching both of these guys. I actually think I would have been thrilled with either one of these guys. I wanted Archer over Gosman just because I think overall he's a better pitcher. Yeah. Um, but if you just dig into the numbers, I mean, Gosman hasn't been, or I mean, Archer hasn't been lights out. I mean, he, no. his first couple of years he was very good. You know, borderline ace level. In the last couple of years, he just hasn't produced to that standard. And it, the the common thought. You know, in the league is that he's been getting unlucky. You know, his, mm-hmm. his underlying numbers are a lot better than his ERA has been, for instance. But I think with either one of those two guys, getting them out of the AL East is going to be yep. huge. And I really like the, this trade for the Braves and that I don't think they didn't give up any of their top 15 prospects. Um, and you get a guy who's going from one of the worst infield defenses to one of the best in the yep. league – from the best division in baseball to, you know, the, the NL East is fine, but it's not the AL East, certainly. <laughs> and I think he's a good buy-low candidate here. And Like you said, he's just now hitting his prime. I think yep. the next three years of Kevin Gosman will be better than the last three years. Absolutely,
1: and I, I think the big news to come out of this is, I don't know if this is what this means or not, but the less Julio Tehran I have to watch going towards the playoffs, the better because for the longest time I was just, you know, hopeful you know, here's a good stretch maybe he's finally figured it out. I'm out, I'm, I'm finally selling my <laughs> stock in that's wrong I can't do it. Wow. I well, it's it's one of those deals where you know he throw, goes out there, he'll give you the seven inning shutout, and then the next two times out there, he gets rocked. I can't do it. I think the dude needs a psychiatrist. <laughs> he he can be so good. Yeah. Uh, he when
0: he, he took uh, that took that no hitter into the sixth mm-hmm. inning, his first start back off the DL. I mean, he looks fantastic at times, but the stuff isn't what it used to be, no. and it was never great. And most of the time, he seems like you know it's the it's the second inning, and you already get beat three to nothing. Yeah. I agree with you. I like Julio, I really do. I like his personality. Yeah, I love the
1: guy off the field. I've never had a single issue with Julio. No, Trum.
0: no. I mean, he. I'm going to sound like Joe Simpson for a minute, but he does uh, the little things well. He, yeah. He fields his position well. He can handle the bat. He can pinch run for yeah. you. Is there any scenario where you're going to feel good about Julio Tehran no. starting a
1: playoff game? The only, no, there's not. The no. only Brave starter I would take Julio Tehran over right now would be Brendan McCarthy. And if, if we start Brendan McCarthy in September, you will see me jump off a high building because yeah. I can't do that either.
0: Uh, just for the uninitiated, what Aaron Lewis just said is that he would rather see Anibal Sanchez pitching a game oh,
1: it, than Julio
0: Tehran, and I agree oh, with yeah. you. And
1: I agree with I you. I like Anibal Sanchez.
0: Anibal Sanchez having a great <laughs> year. Having a great year. Yeah. The Braves actually now have... A respectable rotation. You got Fulty, You got Newcomb. Yeah. Who? I mean, what a heartbreaking way to lose oh, a no hitter for Newcomb. My yeah, goodness, that was tragic. That's the most Braves thing I've ever seen.
1: I was in town. I was in my, in Las Casas area. Uh, yet not yesterday, but on Sunday, uh, with my grandpa watching the game. You know, I just I have all these great memories watching so many classic Braves games with my grandpa, and uh, I thought this was going to be the latest. Watching Sean Newcomb's no hitter and Chris Taylor. Ripped it away. Oh from man, me. I can't stand Chris Taylor. <laughs> Simply for this fact.
0: I mean, oh, I, I was sitting. I was sitting in Coors Field watching a baseball game, and I had it pulled up on my phone yeah. watching Sean Newcomb because yeah. I got the alert that he had the no hitter. And when I saw Chris Taylor get that hit, oh. I, I wasn't shocked. I was crushed, emotionally oh, crushed. But I wasn't shocked. Uh, back to my original point. Yes, yeah, I. The Braves. No, no, we need to talk about that. The Braves rotation is respectable now. You got Faulty, You got Newcomb. You've got Gosman yep. and you've got Sanchez, who I don't know if I'm going to trust Anibal Sanchez in a playoff to start a playoff yeah. game. Um, but, but it is what it is. If he's your fourth-best pitcher, you're doing pretty well. Fine. Uh fine. And they upgraded the bullpen. So I like where the Braves are at. The other huge trade today, and this might be the last one we talk about, right. where we're getting here around 40 minutes. Yep. So um, the huge trade, the big trade, the one I wanted the Braves to make, the one you wanted the Braves to make, mm-hmm. the one we all wanted the Braves to make, was Chris, Chris Archer to the Pirates. Yep. Uh, fantastic trade by the Pirates. Great organization. We love the Pirates. Is there any further analysis beyond that?
1: I visit PNC Park, definitely. <laughs> no, but I mean, Archer, when I first saw that he was going to the Pirates, my first thought was like, really? The Pirates? I couldn't
0: believe that. It came out yeah. of nowhere. No. This is like the Billy Bean trade I was referencing yeah. with Bryce Harper. Like They just came out of nowhere, swooped in, and stole
1: him. Yeah, I mean, there's seven games out of the division, and I don't think a single person in America outside of Pittsburgh expects them to catch up to the Cubs. But I mean, they're only three and a half out of the wild card, which you know isn't ideal. But I mean, they're within striking distance. And the good news about Archer is, I believe he's controlled through twenty twenty one. He's got
0: right? three years after this year.
1: Yeah. So in in a way, I feel like it's Pirates kind of like looking themselves in the mirror and saying, okay, we blew up with the Garrett Cole trade. Uh, should not have done that. So yeah, I mean, I, they're going for the whole team controlled uh, pitching thing, which they should have been doing all along.
0: The Garrett Cole trade never really made sense to me. No. Um, I thought it was kind of weird at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know what the interpersonal relationship between the team and Garrett Cole was, uh, but it, yeah, it seems like they just wanted to redo on yeah. that because Archer is very similar to Cole, a guy who probably needs a change of scenery to you know get out of that tough division, yep. and he's controlled for three more years. So yeah, the the Pirates have also been you know extremely hot over the last couple of weeks. They've got themselves back into this race. They're in a position where they're probably, Fangrafts has got their playoff odds at 15%, okay. which isn't great, but I mean, it's something. And they, you know, what'd they give up? They gave up Glasnow, right? Let me, let and me Meadows, it. Glasnow and Meadows. Glassnow was a really, he was like a top 10 overall prospect a couple of years yeah. ago. Uh, and really, Meadows was up, was up there. And Meadows, two really good prospects, but Glassnow has really struggled at the major mm-hmm. league level. He's I think he's like a 68, he's a really tall guy huge. who has struggles to repeat his mechanics. So he needs all the potential's there, right? Yes. He's a huge mm-hmm. strikeout guy. You know, misses bats, gets soft contact. He's got the potential to be a very good pitcher, but I don't think it was going to happen in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> flipping him, I don't I don't mind as much. Meadows is another guy who's a really good prospect, but he's kind of blocked. Yeah. You know? the, Pirates have one of the best outfields in the league with Marte and Polanco and, right. and Dickerson, who they got from the Rays and another trade that didn't make any sense in the offseason. But they've got surprisingly one of the best outfields in the league. So they gave up, while they gave up two really good players, I thought that it was a fair deal for them. And I yeah. think Archer is a guy who can help them not only this year, but like you said, the next coming, you know, what, two or
1: three years as well. And I'll tell you this much between that, between the Tommy Pham trade going to Tampa Bay, I like what the Rays are doing.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about the Rays for a minute yeah. before we hop out of here because the Rays trade Chris Archer, who yeah. they've been flirting with trading for three years. Yep. They trade, um, I can't even think of it, Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos, I'm, yeah. Wilson Ramos, and what seemed to be just like a salary dump deal you to kinda. the Phillies because he's yeah. going to be hurt for the next, you know, maybe all the way through September as yeah. well. But then they turn around and they land Tommy Pham, who was a guy who was an MVP candidate last yeah. year. So, I mean,
1: what are the Rays doing? It's It's a strange strategy, but I'm with you. I don't hate it. Yeah, it's one of those deals. I mean, they're a game or two above 500 right now. They're trying a whole lot of new stuff. And I think what they're trying to do right now with getting rid of Ramos and um, Archers, I think they're trying to maintain some flexibility going into uh, these coming seasons when hopefully they're kind of trying to build their way towards a wild card or maybe even a division champion contention level. Uh, And you know, Tommy Pham, I think he's only signed through... I'm trying to look it up right now. I don't think he's signed for much longer, but... Uh, between that and between betting on talent with guys like the last down Meadows, uh, I don't know. I like it. When you look at the Rays
0: as a team, and this year they're a solid team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not bad. They're above yep. five hundred. I think that their um, underlying numbers say that they should be better than they are. Yep. But they're in the best division in baseball, two of the best teams that we've seen in the last you know, five or six years in the Yankees and the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're just not going to be able to do it. So I appreciate them getting good value for Chris Archer. Um, the Ramos deal doesn't make as much sense to me but that's yeah, yeah. fine it's, he's hurt anyway and I think a free agent after this season so yeah the market probably
1: wasn't incredibly strong right, for him
0: right get what you can for him but Fam, moving forward I really like I really like this deal I think it's a buy low yep. for the Rays I think yep. going into next year he's going to be a guy who you can put with Kevin Kiermaier who yep. you can um, put with I'm, I'm blanking on the guy who's the rookie they just called up Jack Bauer Jake Bauer, Jake Bauer just picked go. him up on the fantasy team a really good I think, first baseman outfielder type who's having a great rookie season. Yes. And Blake Snell's a really good starting pitcher to build around. Mm-hmm. Glass now is a high upside guy. And they've proven that they really don't need any other starting pitchers because they'll just throw mm-hmm. their rookie That's pitchers right. out. That's, That's right. great. This is an interesting team moving forward. And I think they position themselves to compete in the coming, you know, two or three years if the Red Sox and the Yankees ever take a step back, which doesn't yes. seem likely at this mm-hmm. point. We'll see. We will see. All right, Lewis. I think that is the majority of the big trades. One more. One more before we get out of here. Yep. Let's talk about Jonathan Shoup. I think this is an interesting deal. The Brewers were in on Chris Archer. They were in on Gossman. They were in on Matt Harvey. They decided not to do any of that. I guess they got outbid for those guys. Yep. Slash nobody wanted Matt Harvey. But they come in and they pick up Jonathan Shoup, who is another undervalued asset
1: Mm -hmm. from the Orioles. And in my opinion, it's... Not a clone, but it's a very similar situation to Brian Dozier in the way that in the past couple of years he's made his hay offensively, hitting home runs, but with a solid glove. Sure. And this year, you know, the gloves remained, but uh, offensively numbers have taken a step back. And I'm looking at right now. A 273 on on-base percentage is just... He's never been a walker, though. He's a free no, swinger. He's a but free man, yeah. But I, that's bad. If I'm the Brewers, I'm definitely hoping that... Uh, is improved on here in the next couple of weeks. But, I mean, the Brewers seem like they're all in on this year. I mean, they, they already were and should be, uh, given how close they are to the division lead. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how, they, how they, all these new guys fit in so quickly. with they, their. We,
0: you court. should probably say they also traded for Mike Moustakis a couple of days True. ago, too.
1: True, um, but in, that That's a new infield, pretty much, for them.
0: It is, and they, it was interesting because they traded for Moustakis, then they moved... Travis Shaw from third base to second base, a position which he hasn't played, I think, since high school. Well, he
1: looks more like a power lifter than a second baseman. Well,
0: Moustakis and Travis Shaw are both... They, they're both big boys. They yeah. both run about 6'5", 240 pounds. Yeah. So that was going to be interesting anyway. So I guess Shupa's now going to play second base. I don't know where uh, they're going to move Travis Shaw to now. Maybe he he's going to first? Maybe. I don't... But don't they have... They've got like three first basemen. I don't know what they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, but one of them's
1: Ryan Braun, and I wouldn't...
0: It's true. Play maybe, him triple-A first base. Maybe this is a... A good way for them to finally exercise the Ryan Braun. Demon. <laughs> this not be it. We'll see. Um, but I mean, they're stacking that lineup. That's a really yeah. good lineup. They've got a chance to. Uh, are they still in first place in the division? I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, but.
1: I'm looking at it right now. Actually, let's see. They are one game behind the Cubs,
0: so it's going to be a good race yep. between them and the Cubs. The loser of that will probably get one of the wild card spots. And if you're the Brewers and you're in a position to go for it, you've got to go for it. What I didn't realize um, because this trade happened about five minutes before the deadline is that the Orioles got Jonathan VR from the Brewers in this deal which is a pretty good haul for them I mean he had I think two years ago he led the league in stolen bases he you know had OPS over 825 he was a really solid player he hit 19 home runs this is 2016 I'm talking about last year he had a little bit of a down year and he's not playing a ton this year he's been kind of a utility guy for him but I think that's a good buy low candidate for the Orioles Uh, you know what you're getting out of him throw him in the lineup every day maybe you know he goes back to that that great season that he had two years ago but um I lied to you. I said we were going to only talk about one more. But at the beginning of the podcast, I said we'd talk about the Orioles a little bit. What did you think they got? How, what do you think of the return they got for trading basically their entire team? Because they they tore it down, and now here they are, you know, 55 games
1: out of first place or whatever it is, Yeah, I mean, starting the rebuild. I'm down on it in the way that I don't think they got, you know, like one or two true star prospects out of that. Now, the good news for the Orioles is I don't think that really matters as much as just the process of blowing it up and, like, just starting that plan because we saw out of the Astros, I mean, they blew it up, and it seemed to take them a year or two to kind of get into those George Springer, sure. uh, Carlos Correa-type guys. So I think the Orioles will be okay. Now, the difference between the Orioles and the Astros is that the Astros didn't, and the Cubs, you know, in their whole situation— don't have to play the Yankees and the Red Sox every year, right? So if I did make a prediction, I would say this is not going to go the way Orioles fans are hoping it will. Just because I think the Red Sox are going to be awesome for the next couple of years uh, with, with all their stars, but I mean, it's worth a shot. The it's it's it, they had to do it. Basically this is, is what it's like the Orioles and the Rays, and we didn't talk about the Blue Jays,
0: but they're in a little bit better position than Baltimore and Tampa. But yeah, for specifically those two teams, it's kind of an exercise in futility because. Yep. You can't financially compete with Boston and New York. You don't have close to as much on-field talent as Boston and New York. And you don't have as good a, a minor league system, as uh-huh. it, at least as the Yankees do. they got one of the best minor league systems in the league. So, I don't know how you compete if you're those teams. Um, the Rays and the Orioles are going about it two different ways. And the, the Orioles are starting their total teardown, which yeah. they probably should have started two or three years yeah. ago. Um and as Braves fans, we can tell you, you're in for a long and, and oh, rough ride. But Yeah, buckle up. But wait, you know, here in a couple of years, you'll have some exciting prospects to watch in single A, and, you know, yep. that's that. But, Lewis, I think we've exhausted all of the trade deadline fodder that we possibly can.
1: Yeah, so you're probably right at this point. I
0: mean, we're over 50 minutes. It, we were asked on Twitter to do a three-hour pod. That's, oh, God. We could have done it, but it would have been devolved quickly into more Brian Snicker bashing, which, yeah. you know. Which I could do for about an hour, probably. I mean, we could. We'll save that. Yeah. We'll save that for when the Braves <laughs> when it inevitably, a, happens. inevitably collapse in September. Then we'll have a big Brian Snicker bashing, and it'll be yep. great. Um, but thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate this. These are always fun to do. Of course, thanks for having me as and always. I think the, uh, the charade of us doing weekly pods is probably lost yep. lost to the public at this point. But we will, um, we will get back to you guys, the listeners, as quickly as possible. Um, we'll see have football talk. Yeah, and football is right around the corner. Yep. There, there is a Tennessee Vols football podcast coming probably here in the next month or so. Perfect because there's spring practices or fall practices starting soon. Yep. And I've got thoughts. Um, but that's all we've got for today. Thank you guys so much. Check us out on Twitter. We're at InformalUS. Um, send your questions there. Follow me at Lewis underscore 06. Follow him at El Pele Rojo. Follow our regular co-host, Austin Coley, at Austin Coley. Um, that's all I've got, Lewis. Any parting thoughts? Nope. Uh, as always, thanks for having me, bud. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Share the show. Peace.